Hello and welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. I don't even know what voice that was, but welcome. <laughs> welcome. Mang the second here, hanging out with Daryl Menzel, Douglas Davidson, and Thomas Manning. I figured what better way to kind of start off 2021 by reflecting on 2020, because you, <laughs> the four of us actually launched 2021. I'm sorry, 2020 together. I'll get this bring this up. Don't put this on us. <laughs> we, did. we launched. We launched it together uh, in Hollywood, and we were together there. And then we did a, a radio show with the Cinnamon early on in the season, uh, and and then of course chaos happened in 2020. But we really thought, hey, let's let's bring let's bring Daryl and Douglas and Thomas and Noel all together again to kind of reflect on some of the things that were the highlights. Um, I, I did receive a very odd gift. I'm going to talk about this. I don't know if you guys can, can see this. Uh, hold on a second. Let me see if I can uh, if I can do this without actually stripping because we don't want that to happen. But uh, can you see what that shirt says? What does it say? Oh, don't you forget about don't you me. Forget about okay. me huh? yes. okay. Someone's that... about to be sent to detention. What's going on? <laughs> well, this shirt just arrived on my doorstep right before the end of 2020 and it was it was signed to noel from 2020 <laughs> so like, don't forget about me don't forget about me you know i wasn't all bad i wasn't all bad so anyway i figured okay i will wear the shirt on the show and we will talk about some of the highlights of 2020 in the world of film and if uh, this is the first time you've ever tuned in to Meet me at the movies. Uh, the, the title pretty much gives it away. We talk about movies, and uh, there's not a whole lot more I need to say about it. And so, Douglas uh, from Elements of Madness uh, and Daryl, tell us a little bit about uh, where people can find you. We'll do that up front. Uh, yeah, you can find me on all things paprika related. P o p r i k a. It's like paprika with an O instead of an A. <laughs> we talk about all things pop culture, including movies. All right, and uh, I of course can be found at Elements of Madness, and sometimes. On paprika it's a fine <laughs> establishment y'all should check it out <laughs> all right thank you and and thomas people can just find you by uh walking to a hole-in-the-wall bookstore and uh <laughs> while you're searching for gifts for people correct i mean you'll find me down on all fours looking at things on the bottom shelf seeing what kind of <laughs> obscure titles i can find so yeah yeah just just you know tap me on the shoulder and i'll look up and like oh what's up? So, yeah well we're very thankful for everybody who takes the time to tune in whether it's c19 tv or wgwg and occasionally we actually show up on elements of madness uh, website as well and this may be one of those that may show up sometime we'll have to wait and see well daryl man let's get let's go to you first and talk about some of those memories and, and we'll kind of do this in the uh, roulette style and uh, we'll start with daryl then go on to douglas and then uh, thomas and then i'll chime in with we've asked here's the thing we've asked each of you to give us five faves we're probably not going to get all of them but but choose one that is a memory that is worth remembering <laughs> for 2020 a memory worth remembering <laughs> in 2020. Uh, for me, my number one is just Tenet. It's it's it, the whole everything surrounding Tenet, the whole debacle about the whole thing. Everything from from yes, we're getting a masterpiece of a film from like one of the the good directors to oh no, you can't see anything in the theaters to him. <laughs> trying to actually get people to go to see things at theaters uh, and the whole fallout that ensued from there and then it finally you know after multiple delays rolls out and it's a it's a wild 
wacky, beautiful film is the uh, is the best way that you can you can describe it. I I love it for everything that it is. I think it's unfortunately going to tarnish the image of Christopher Nolan um, due to his trying to push people to get back in theaters at a time where it is not quite the uh, smartest time to do so. Uh, but still, it remains, I think, one of his better films. Uh, it uh, it ranks probably somewhere in the upper middle of Nolan list, but upper middle Nolan is is still a lot better than a lot of other directors, if you ask me. So yeah, everything about that movie, I loved it visually, uh, audio-wise. It's just, it's an assault for the senses, and I loved it. I love that. Assault for the senses, absolutely. And, and, and it is one of those films that requires multiple viewings in order to truly appreciate it. And, uh, and you may never get the film, but that's okay. But that's okay. <laughs> All right, man. Good Made perfect sense to me the one time I've watched it. I have no <laughs> idea why anyone had a problem following it. Well, right. I mean, you have a degree in philosophy or something like that, so <laughs> it helped. You got it to help. Yeah, right. not the quantum mechanics, <laughs> not that part, but everything else. All right, Douglas, <laughs> dive in with uh, with one of your choices for the uh, five faves of 2020. Uh, I I couldn't help but mention this one. This was a rough year. It started off hanging out with you guys with the CCAs and in Hollywood, all of that going out there for the first time was amazing. But one of the biggest things that happened to me this year is I became a father for the second time. And while we were trying to figure out what we were going to name our son and everything else, one thing that we noticed with all the movies I was watching throughout the year is anytime we would watch something where music was prevalent, particularly jazz, interestingly enough, my son would start kicking around and getting really, really active in, in, in my wife. And when we watched Bill and Ted Face the Music, a movie I was seriously looking forward to, and I found myself at the end of the movie in the Face the Music scene where they play the song, and I've got tears down my face. Well, my son was going nuts. and We wow. couldn't help ourselves. We named him Preston. Wow. So it would be that scene combined with the emotion of waiting years to see this story yeah. be finished, combined with becoming a, a father once more, couldn't help but make it face the music. Wow. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. That, that, yeah, that, that. We can't beat that. We can just uh, walk away. And yeah. <laughs> it was great, guys. Thanks. <laughs> ah! There's, nothing, there's nothing that matches that. Well, and congratulations on being a dad again. That's, that's pretty yeah. awesome. Man. My wife did most of the hard work. I just sat there and very supportive. <laughs> Great job. job, sweetie. Be quiet. I'm watching something. <laughs> oh, we should have edited this before you said that. Man. Nah, nah. She would agree with me. She's the right. editor of EOM. She gets it. All right, Thomas. What's on your list, buddy? Uh, all right. So I don't know how I'm going to follow up that one, uh, but uh, I'm going to take this opportunity to once more plug my documentary or our documentary, The Dancing Bulldogs. Go Dogs! That's right, that's right. Directed by Christian Jessup. Uh, worked al alongside as executive producer, first AD. Also on the project, Brendan Boylan and Eli Harden. Uh, just really one of the most rewarding experiences ever um, for, for me personally. Um, as someone who had a background in analyzing and critiquing film, to actually put myself in that position of a filmmaker um, just gave me an entirely new respect for an appreciation for pretty much every film that's ever existed because nobody tries to make a bad film. Everybody's really doing their best. And sometimes it just falls flat. But I, 
the creative minds behind it, there's always some passion there. And I think it's important to maintain that perspective and uh, just um, challenging myself with an entirely new venture in the middle of such a bizarre year, um, you know, having something to, um, you know, having basically having a new hobby. I found a new hobby for four months working on this and um, it was just really phenomenal time and building great relationships with my, uh, you know, co-directors, co-producers. And uh, it was just really rewarding to see all the joy and nostalgia brought to people around the community, people associated with Gardner Webb, especially in a time when we're missing that communal atmosphere with sports, yeah. with movies. So it was just uh, really something that I'm always going to remember and cherish with my whole life. So uh, that's once again, the Dancing Bulldogs documentary and uh, just really glad with all the support we've gotten with it. Yeah, and it, it is still available for people to check out on uh, YouTube. And uh, as an, an alum of Gardner Webb, uh, I've, I've got to say, I, it was it, yeah, it was pretty pretty amazing to see that uh, and to to know uh, what that did. It was a, a film about community. It really was, and the narrative was was wonderful. So yeah, great job on that. Good choice. Good choice. Well, uh, my first choice goes back to when we. It's a it's a combo. I'm going to cheat here. Uh, I'm going to talk <laughs> about my favorite movie moment here. <laughs> Uh-oh, uh-oh, in trouble with Daryl. <laughs> and my favorite film-going experience of the year, and both of those go back to January of 2020 when we were together for the Critics' Choice Awards. The Critics' Choice Awards was absolutely uh, an amazing experience. It was the first time that I'd been able to go after going for a first time. <laughs> and what I mean by that is the first time I went, I took my daughter Catherine, and it was great. It was just kind of one of those awe-inspiring moments. But I knew a little bit more about what I could and couldn't do. And uh, I was able to take advantage of some of the things I could do this time around. And uh, we got to spend time with you guys uh, eating out and then going uh, to see uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at the New Beverly with a special guest, you know, guest that showed up for a Q&A afterwards, Michael Matson, And that full experience was just absolutely incredible and all the selfies that uh we brought back with us uh you know it it makes me happy to know that we did that then because if it had been like a month and a half later nobody would have wanted to have taken a selfie with us and so uh, <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think about people like um you know adam sandler we he's like hey you want me to take the picture and he's like he grabs the phone and so <laughs> I, I have not washed this phone i have not <laughs> in over a year so wow. if there's any COVID on this, I'm immune to it. So, so <laughs> I think that's how that works. But, uh, but there you go. That's that's my oh, favorite uh, movie-going experience, going to see that uh, that film there in Hollywood and uh, and also being able to spend some time with you guys. It was pretty, pretty incredible. Absolutely. Well, we got, uh, Daryl, we got time for, for yours, and then we're going to go to a quick break. And um, But I just want to thank you guys for, for being a part of that experience, for part of my favorite experience of 2020. All right, Daryl, go for it, man. That it was a good call, by the way. Good call <laughs> for that one. Uh, I am a, a known nerd of cinematography. It is my favorite aspect of filmmaking. And I, I tweeted earlier today that uh, we should normalize recognizing lackluster movies for the good things that that lackluster movie did. And in this case, my favorite cinematography for the year, I do believe, will end up being Antebellum. Uh, not a 
great movie, but man, it is a beautiful looking movie. Um, the opening minute and a half, two minute long, one take shot, uh, opening winner is incredibly complex in, in the way they pulled it off. Uh, and various elements all throughout that is incredibly lit. Uh, there is a, a bit of a, a car instance in the middle, I guess if you want to call it that, that is wonderful camera work all throughout that scene. And, uh, and the, the final bit as well, that, that final powerful shot, if you will, with uh, the establishment burning down, flames all over the place. And um, it's, it's just great. It's great visually. And I think as uh, the story itself is weak, you cannot deny the technical acumen of that movie. Awesome. And the movie is called Annabellum. Annabellum. Uh, Janelle Monet, the star <laughs> of that movie. If you haven't checked it out, do so. Please, right. at least for nothing else, watch it on mute. For the cinematography. <laughs> for the, <laughs> the cinematography. That's yes. a recommendation. <laughs> watch it on well, mute. You, you are watching uh, Meet Me in the Movies right here on C19 and WGWG. Uh, Daryl Manzel, Douglas Davidson, Thomas Manning, and Noel Manning all here uh, looking back at 2020 and some of the good things about that year. We're going to take a quick intermission. We'll be back with more right here on Meet Me at the Movies. <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hello and welcome back to Meet Me the Movies. Noel T. Manning II with uh, Douglas Davidson, Daryl Manziel, and Thomas Manning. We are enjoying time with you and we hope that uh, you haven't changed the channel. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> welcome back. We're watching us on mute. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> or you could watch us and uh, tune in with my new stereo system and just turn in something else. And who knows what kind of voiceover work will be coming, coming through. Uh, we are talking about the year 2020, and we're looking at some of the good things that we remember as it relates to cinema. And that's the only, the only thing that has to be tied into this. It could be anything relating to cinema. Uh, Daryl, uh, wrap us up uh, going into the break and, uh, Douglas, we're going to go to you, man. What what else is on your list of movies? Well, I took this uh, more strict in just thinking about the movies that connected with me in some way this year. And one thing I always say, and I stick with, is all I care about is a good story. That's it. Um, every there's, I mean, you want good performances and everything else, but it all begins with a good story. Well, one of the things that I got introduced to this year was an anime series based on a Japanese manga called My Hero Academia. And I found out about this series in January because they had a new movie coming out in February. And I went, I've never heard of this. I know people in Paprika have talked about it. I guess it's good if they're talking about it. I'll go, <laughs> sure, I'll cover your movie. And then now I have to go binge watch the entire series. Wow. I got through the first season and fell in love. And by the time I got to this movie, My Hero Academia, Heroes Rising, the second film that they've released, a third one having been announced for, I believe, 2021. Uh, 
it's an incredible series that has become something that uh, my wife and I both seriously enjoy. We've revisited over and over and over again, and specifically the ending of this particular film. And Daryl was talking about cinematography before with Antebellum with the, before the break. With this film, the, it's an action-packed superhero story but this action sequence at the end, when they really go for broke in the showdown moment, this music is swelling. The, the colors are just going for broke. The characters are intense. There's not a lot of dialogue. And it's all about the emotion of the moment, the intensity of the action with the quiet of the music. And it is incredibly powerful. And it's really just the power of a good story. So uh, if you're not familiar with My Hero Academia, they are available through Funimation as well as through Hulu, but uh, Heroes Rising, can't recommend it enough. Awesome, awesome. Well, I think Thomas has checked out all of those multiple times. Is that right, Thomas? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think, <laughs> I think you're mistaken once again for the second time on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, never heard of it. No idea what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah he was asleep for the past uh, three minutes and 12 seconds. So he has no idea. He has no idea what he's talking about. He was at throw, a bookstore. He was throw, at that bottom shelf checking stuff out. Man, throw, throwing me under the bus today. Good gracious. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm used to it. I'm used yeah. to it. For the, uh, go, I'm sorry, go ahead, Thomas. D dive in dive in with uh, with your next film uh, on 2020's list. All right, so I got to go back to uh, February, um, right before the world kind of burned down. Um, <laughs> going to talk about Parasite winning four Oscars. Uh, my man, Bong Joon-ho, uh, you know, best international feature, best original screenplay, best director, and then the big one, best picture, the first international feature to ever win best picture. And uh, I was watching that with uh, three of my friends at Gardner-Webb in a dorm room, three guys that love movies as much as most people would like, love sports, love watching the Super Bowl. This was basically our Super Bowl. And just the energy in that room as when they announced, you know, and the Oscar goes to Parasite from Best Picture, it was just a moment that I'm always going to keep with me. I have it preserved uh, on video on my iPhone. <laughs> occasionally, I just go back and watch it when I, when I want like a jolt of serotonin. Uh, it just makes me so happy and thinking back um, to to that moment in February, right, right when we were kind of on the brink of the world shutting down and um, just kind of have to have that joy preserved like that uh, is just something that I'll always take with me. I mean, I remember sitting in the theater last October, I believe it was, watching Parasite for the first time with you, Dad, yeah. and just sitting there with basically our mouths just agape the entire time. Um, with every single twist and turn and uh we just could not believe what we were witnessing and we we're like this is one of the greatest things we've seen in a cinema in a long time and then to finally see it to get the recognition of the oscars uh just was just a really beautiful moment and uh i'm so glad that um you know international films are finally getting some of that time in the limelight that they've deserved for a long time really so yeah absolutely and so many, there are so many great Korean films. When I look back over the past five years, uh, when I look at my best of list for the year, uh, there have been several uh, Korean made films that show up on that, including this year, I'm going to have one as well, uh, Beast Clawing at Straws. Um, Beast Clawing with Straws, or is it Beast Clawing? I, I never at, get my obs and my ats. Beast Clawing at Straws. Beast Clawing at Straws. Uh, and I'll make sure I spell it right whenever I, it's on my list. <laughs> but that's that's an amazing film as well. And not enough people have seen that. So I highly recommend that. But yeah, 
Great choice, Thomas. Great, great choice. Uh, you know, we were talking cinematography, and it seems like that's been kind of a uh, something that's that's been on our minds. Uh, there is a neon film, a documentary that I saw back during the summer called Gunda, and it's uh, an American-Norwegian film shot in black and white. And I have to tell you that I have not seen any film of any type look so good uh, in a very, very, very long time, a feature film or anything. And uh, I, I was showing it to Thomas earlier today, just the trailer, just on a laptop, and it was almost like his mouth was opening. It's like, wow, almost like that, that moment of a parasite when you're like, wow, that's amazing. I feel like there's this creature that I can actually just reach out and, and touch. And it, it is a film, it's a very simple film, very simple story about farm animals with a, with a pig kind of in the middle of things. And then you've got a, a one-legged chicken uh, and some cows. And it's the, the day in the life of these farm animals. But I've never, ever seen a pig look so good on screen. Probably the, the best looking pig I've seen other than my breakfast plate that I got from the snack shop. <laughs> Mighty fine pig is what you're saying. Yes, <laughs> Mighty fine pig. pig. And I was going to mention Babe, you know, but it's if you haven't seen it, again, like what Daryl was saying for, movie, for the movie Annabellum, for Gunda, it's worth watching just for the visuals. And if you've got a really nice, uh, really nice TV, uh, I highly recommend watching it on the, the best setting that you possibly can. But cinematography just blew me away for Gunda. Wonderful. All right, Daryl, well, we're going back to you, buddy. What else you got, man? Uh, I'm going to take a quick pivot away from visuals over to audio and talk about uh, what I think is going to end up being my favorite soundtrack for the year, and that is Mank. Um, <clears throat> that, that soundtrack, man, 52 tracks on that soundtrack. So there's no no skimping out on the music at all. And it fits the the tone and the era that Fincher is going for. If he did nothing else with Mank, he, I think, really nailed down the feel of that movie. And a lot of that is thanks in conjunction with uh, the score for Mank. It's, uh, it's a little bit jazzy. It's a little bit boppy. You know, it, it, it moves, it vibes. It's got a nice tempo to it. Uh, for something as simple as just, I've got to write this movie. The music is what makes it crack and gets you from the next scene to the next scene to the next scene. And I have listened to it many and many a time since I was able to get my hands on it. And I was listening to it earlier today while I was working and it helped my productivity while I was working because it's got that up-tempo and upbeatness that I really enjoyed. And it also helps that that is a genre of music that I love. So it was nice to see, you know, just what I think is a very solid movie paired with one of my favorite genres of music. And it was just, it's pretty crazy when you think about the guys who composed this connections to nine inch nails. <laughs> and I was like, wow. But we, we've seen that happen, you know, really in the past couple of decades, we've seen a lot of these composers that have left kind of the rock and roll scene and moved into composing and go back even further with Danny Elfman uh, as an example as well. But, uh, yeah, pretty pretty incredible uh, film, especially the way that film was was produced. But the soundtrack, especially, it spoke to that era, and mm -hmm. I loved that. Any other thoughts on Mank before we move on? Anybody else want to chime in? Daryl, Daryl, nail me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm gonna have a connection to Mank with one of my spots right. on the list later on. But yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't we pivot, speaking of pivoting, uh, Thomas, why don't you go ahead and uh, dive in with that uh, Mank connection, then we'll go to Douglas. All right, so uh, had recently had a Citizen Kane and Mank double feature, 
And first of all, um, just watching Fincher's, um, you know, creativity abound, just thrusting the audience back into that 1930s, 1940s feel and just his obsessive attention to detail and accuracy is uh, just marvelous. Um, he He's probably one of the most like precise directors working today and that has been working for the past 20 years, 20, 30 years. And uh, he hasn't really missed a beat. He just keeps being at the top of the game. It is truly, truly amazing. But also um, knowing that back in January, we did a tour of the Paramount Studios lot and had a picture taken in front of the soundstage where they filmed C Citizen Kane. Yeah. And uh, so watching Citizen Kane and watching Mank and then thinking, I like recognize that place where they are right now. Um, and just, I was standing right there and uh, just something really cool to look back on. Uh, another one of those incredible memories from this year to hold on to for a long time. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, uh, Douglas, we got time for you and then we're going to, take a break actually we're going to leave but i think we're going to do a, a second part to this show so mm -hmm. we've got more to talk about but we've got time for you right now douglas to, to wrap things up with uh with one more one more film of your 2020 list well then i'm going to end with a bang specifically specifically from kathy yan's birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one harley quinn or as what is it thomas the kids call it bop, bop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it is a bop, and it's also referred to as bop. But one of my favorite moments in in so many movies this year, and I've seen over 370 films so far. Thank you, Letterboxd. Um, of the films that I've seen, the moment where Ewan McGregor is Roman Sionis gets his due is so good. It's more than a little explosive. And uh, it is absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Just the timing of the editing from one shot to another shot, uh, the showing of the audience what's about to happen, Ewan as the character realizing what's about to happen and then reacting to that. And then of course the edit to the special effect. There's so much happening so very quickly and it's just, ah! it's just, it's wonderful. Uh, the way that he, the way that he plays that sequence, it is one of my favorite moments. And it's partially because the character as created and then presented is just so deliciously horrible that you just, you get excited when he gets his due. So yeah, yeah deliciously horrible, much like this show most of the time. So it's perfect. <laughs> A we whenever the cinnamon show up. Really weird. <laughs> a perfect way to wrap up part one of our 2020 flashback special. Uh, we weren't planning on part two, but dang it, we're going to come back next week. You know what? Wear the very same thing. Wear the exact <laughs> same thing so we just don't freak people out. Okay, let's just do that. So wear okay, the same deal. thing. We're going to come back with a part two, looking back at the year of 2020 and some of our highlights. Really appreciate uh, Daryl, Douglas, and Thomas spending time with us. Uh, and uh, we will put their information on there where you can find them. But go ahead. Tell us, Daryl, where people can find you. Uh, you can find me at C Delicious on Twitter. S-E-E-D-A-L-I-C-I-O-U-S. All right. And Mr. Davidson, where can people find you, sir? Elementsofmadness.com. All right. Thomas Manning, where do you want people to look for you, man, besides uh, at the bookstore on the <laughs> bottom shelf? <laughs> uh, let's see you can uh find me on make me in the movies which is where we are right now uh you can also find me on elementsmadness.com i periodically contribute to that website thanks to douglas's uh wonderful just generosity 
Um, also, um, at uh, at TQ Manning on uh, on Twitter at T underscore Cube underscore Manning. So yeah. All right. Movie quote of the week. Uh, this comes from that Oscar-winning film Uptown Girls. Um, every story has an end, but in life, every ending is just a new beginning. That is Ray from Uptown Girls. Uh, until next time, I'm Noel Manning for the cast and crew right here. I'll meet me at the movies on C19 TV and WGWG. That's a wrap. Bombadida, 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 When we're together Just sing a song And think about sunny weather Happy trails to you Till we meet